That was good. You guys, you guys sigh in unison. It's beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to From Fear Into Action, where we have evolutionary conversations with conscious entrepreneurs. Sometimes all you need are the right tips at the right time with a little mindset magic, which is exactly what you are about to get. Now, here are your hosts, Julian Knoll and Heather Porter. Welcome back, Shinepreneurs. Oh my gosh, do we have an episode for you. We have the most unbelievable, amazing guest on this episode, and I'm going to throw it straight over to Jules to let you know exactly who she is. Hey, Jules, tell us about her. Hey, yeah, look, I feel I am totally stoked. We have the uh, very amazing Danielle Laporte with us uh, for this podcast. And uh, she's extraordinary. Uh, she's incredibly well known all over the world now in a really short space of time. Um, and the thing that I love about her work is she talks about the importance of desire. And that's the deep desire, the desire that resides deep in the fabric of your being and how important it is to have a relationship with those. And from the shinepreneurial um, perspective, these deep desires are the ones that give us the grounding and the direction for the uh, businesses and projects that we create that are aligned with our purpose. So I'm super excited to hear what she says about desire. And also, she talks a lot about resonance and about how she is drawn to go to places and speak to people where there is already a resonance, which is also one of the foundational principles and shine, of Shine's approach to business. Mm. She's amazing. I've heard about her from a totally different angle because of my background in online marketing and building websites. And she has one of those brands and websites that I tend to always get clients coming to me saying, hey, can you make a website that's similar to Danielle Laporte? And I've, I heard that so many times in, in a single year that I eventually said, okay, I have to know who this Danielle woman is. And I went over to her website and I, I found her to be refreshingly poetic and honest. She has these incredible little truth bombs, these little quotes that she has on her site. Um, So what I love about Danielle is her amazing ability to help you get back to your heart, to stop listening to other people's advice and to do what feels right to you. And I have to read this little passage from uh, her bio on her website, actually, because I love it. Um, It's beautiful. So here's what she says. I stand for making money in meaningful, eco-honoring ways. I'm an introvert who rarely inserts herself into conversations, but if you ask my opinion, and especially if I have a microphone in my hand, which makes me happy, I will speak very, very clearly about matters of the heart. I think everything is a matter of the heart. So that is what this conversation is. Is going to be how amazing that we have her on the show. Are we ready, Julian, to to welcome her to the show? Oh yeah, we're ready. Let's go. <laughs> I tell you, the thing that's really hot for me is you know having uh, read your book and then watched um, some of the videos you know um, I'd love to know the relationship between achievement and desire and especially that a lot of people have desires but not everyone achieves them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well uh, you can't have one without the other <laughs> um, it's, you know it's re- really like in between 
desire and achievement is the formula for manifestation. And sometimes we get the formula right and we manifest. And sometimes we get the formula right and we don't manifest for reasons that will probably always be a mystery to us. Mm. So, you know, my belief system, my paradigm is that we live many lives. We, have, we are multidimensional, multi-incarnational beings. And because I worked really hard and did all the things that all of the new age, you know, teachings taught me to do in terms of getting what I wanted and I didn't pull it off. This could be karma. It could be I'm out of touch with my dharma. There could be like so many reasons why I'm not creating what I want to create in this physical realm. But one thing is for sure, at least for sure in my reality, is that energy follows thought, right? So achievement has a lot to do with the thoughts you're thinking, which are fueled by a very particular kind of energy. So if you want to increase your odds, let's say, because nothing is definite, um, you really have to get clear on what you're feeding your mind. Danielle, do you believe in self-sabotage and why or why not? Well, that's a great question. Yeah, 100% I believe so. <laughs> I, I have experienced self-sabotage. Yes, totally. Um, self-sabotage, everybody does it. I think there's no exception. I think you can mature your way out of it, but at some point it's the dip that you're going to trip into because there isn't one human that reaches maturity without having to work out their wounds. So self-sabotage is a reaction to our woundedness. So that whatever the wound is, wherever it came from, this life, another lifetime, childhood, what your math teacher said to you in high school, whatever it is, that creates some kind of negative thought form that you're not worthy, that you can expand past a certain level. Like you're good, but you're not great. Um, that you're a contender, but you're not a winner, uh, that, is, that, you know, your time is coming, but your time isn't here yet. So, you know, all of those, you know, shit thought forms, they come from that wounded place and self-sabotage is just us making those lies true. Mm, great answer. I want you to think about a moment when in your business, because you in your own right are incredible. You reach so many people through your books and your truth bombs, which I absolutely love, by the way. Um, what is a moment recent or past that was really hard for you? And how did you personally get through it? Uh, there's hard moments. I wouldn't say every day, but every week for sure, multiple time a week. I think the one that's that's on the top of my mind is one of my biggest professional disappointments. And the reason it's on the top of my mind is because I was just talking to my kid about it this morning. He is he's 13. We're going back and forth about decisions about where he's going to go to school next year, accepted, not accepted, blah, blah, and all this risk around what we say yes to and say no to and possible disappointment. I was like, dude... <laughs> Let me tell you the story about when I didn't get on the New York Times bestseller list. And, um, and that was a real disappointment because, because technically I had sold enough books that week, launch week, to get on the list. I actually sold more books than the guy who was number four on the list. But I didn't make the list because 
we actually don't know why. I mean, there's politics. It's almost like papal and secrecy about the algorithm. It's not just book numbers. There's all sorts of factors. Hmm. And um, how did I deal with that then? Well, I saw my editor called me. You wait. It's a very specific time. It's like Tuesday night. Um, all the numbers are in. And then Wednesday, you get the call. And I'm sitting in my car. And my editor from Random House called and said, we didn't get it. Mm-hmm. And we were all shocked. Their whole team was shocked. We'd run a great campaign. We saw the numbers. And I just sat in my car and cried. And then, you know, then there's anger, denial, and acceptance. And, you know, and I was like, screw you, New York Times. I don't need you. It's an old men's club. Screw this. I'm not going to play this game. And actually, I'm still kind of there. <laughs> <laughs> um, Love the honesty. <laughs> Um, the, <laughs> the beauty of it is had that so so this is part of how I de- dealt with it pain grief bummer what's next mm-hmm. onward I do not need any external validation or creditization to help me do what I want to do which is get light to as many people as possible. So how are we going to do that now? Makes you much more creative. Oh my God, that, we became so innovative. You're definitely more resilient. I mean, I'm not necessarily interested in growing my resilience. I don't have to be resilient, but I'm definitely interested in becoming more creative in all areas of my business. Um, and to end the story, and this is why I was telling my kid this this morning, I said, look, had I gotten on the list, I probably would have stayed with the same publisher. I would have done the next book with them, uh, which is something I didn't really want to write at the time. The Desire Map, which is now, you know, sort of currently my like flagship offering to the world, would never have been born. They didn't want that book. Hmm. I picked, they didn't want it. And then I would never be where I am now, which is I am officially a publisher. I have started a publishing house and, you know, the first product of that will, of course, be my own book, but we are setting ourselves up to publish other people's um, books and um, multimedia offerings. That would never have happened or it would have been grossly delayed had I hit the New York Times bestseller list. So the short answer is they find meaning in it. Mm. What an answer. Oh, Jules, I'm going to throw it to you. I know you have a burning question. It's steering through the, the <laughs> yes, lines. Yes, look, I, I, what I'm really interested in is where you are now with your own publishing house, with the freedom to say whatever you want and create what you want versus you know the desire to be on the New York Times bestselling list. Mm-hmm. What do you see as the relationship between those two? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get I see what I, I think I have a deeper, more soul-fitting desire to be free and to be creative. And so I did manifest those things in that curveball that I got. Now I'm freer than ever. I'm more creative than ever. It just took, took a bit of a detour. And I do wonder at the same time, you know, was that my own self-sabotage stuff? So, like, it all worked out, 
and I can find the meaning in it. But who knows? I mean, that might have been me just making sure didn't get too big too quickly mm-hmm. and didn't quite get what I want. Mm-hmm. Uh, this all related to my own stories. And who's to say that I couldn't have hit the list and had all these great things come of it. But in order to proceed, I have to make meaning of it. And that's the positive story that I've created for myself around this. Because that positive story is much more fueling towards my prosperity than the story that I just lost. I just lost the game. You know, we get, to, we get to choose how we feel and respond. We get to write our own stories about everything that's happening. And we're always writing a story, consciously or unconsciously. So I'm going to consciously write something that has esoteric meaning for me, that helps me be creative, and that is forward-facing. It's my choice. Hmm. For me, uh, part of what I do is I coach people. So a lot of, you know, the statistics are that 75% of adults do not achieve their goals. And these yeah. are people who have the time, the resources, you know, the money, the aptitude, the desire, um, and yet they still do not achieve them. And you said the word soulful desire what do you see as the difference between like it seems to me that there are gradations of desire what yes. what could you tell me about the soulful desire and how do we know the soulful desire well how we know is a great question that's that's a hot spot um well what i'm really talking about is goals with soul which is what desire mapping is based on and these are goals that feel the way you want your life to feel. Like you get clear on what I call your core desired feelings, not emotions, not like simple states like happy or successful, but things you've been craving to feel for a long time that make you feel like you're moving towards wholeness. And and whatever is going to make you feel that way can become your goal, right? So your to-do list and your bucket list all your achievables have to be all about generating those core desired feelings. Mm. And, and then just to like finesse it for your question, you know, I think soulful goals, goals that like really fit with your essence and really is about like sustainable success and take all of you into consideration. Um, I don't think they're about impressing other people. I don't think the goal is about external accomplishment, although all of those things could be the result of achieving that goal. So it's like, I'm not setting out to be famous. (laughs) I'm setting out to broadcast light and being more well-known may or may not be a result of that. But the core, the soulful goal is about my intention to put good stuff into the world in that way. So, um, and you know, you know when you're chasing something to impress everybody else. And (laughs) the the trick is like get conscious about it. And you might, you know, some of it is obvious to see like, oh, right. You know, I just, I want the house or the car or or whatever because I'm going to look great. But if you dig deeper, actually doesn't take that much work to dig deeper, you'll figure out 
you know, it's got everything to do with your father. Hmm. You know, just that because your dad never said he was proud of you. Or it's that you just, you're just a little, you were the little sibling and everybody else got the good stuff before you got there. Or you just wanted your mother to tell you whatever you wanted her to tell you, you know? And we chase that stuff as adults. I mean, I'm so, listen, every time I go for therapy, I'm like, really? We have to talk about my childhood again? (laughs) 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 What does my childhood have to do with getting on the New York Times bestseller list? (sighs) Apparently a lot, yeah. You said something beautiful just a second ago. You said um, broadcast light as a little phrase. And it made me think of a lot of just business owners these days that are really petrified of self-promotion or they feel icky about it. They feel like it's sort of ego. And then suddenly you said broadcast light and it kind of did a spin on it for me. So I wanted you to address the people that have a fear of self-promotion and why do you think they might have that and how can they overcome Mm -hmm. that? Mm -hmm. Well, fear of self-promotion is definitely, can be uh, some self-sabotage stuff for sure. So what the question then becomes, what's the payoff of playing small? If you don't expand, if you don't get the clients, if you don't make more money, if you don't get the recognition, um, who wins? Like the voice inside of you that says you're not worth it, does that win? Or does your someone who hurt you get to be right that you're not a winner? So that's that's somewhere to go. Um, and then I, I think not promoting yourself can just be a cover up for fear of failure, not fear of success. Because what I was just talking about was fear of success. Fear of failure is I'm going to do this and spend all this money on promotion or put myself out there and I'm going to go broke or I'm going to look like a fool. Uh, there's that to which I say, doesn't matter what side you're on or why you're resistant to self-promotion. Uh, you need to get over it really quickly. Good answer. (laughs) Because yeah, get over it. I actually have very little patience for this when I, when I'm talking. (laughs) (laughs) I I would never tell. I could never tell. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's just like, you know, well, am I, do I guess you don't want it bad enough. Because you need to, here's the formula. You need to be proud of what you're doing and rooted in your integrity. That you really believe with every cell in your body that what you're doing is quality, it's a value, and that somebody out there needs what you have to offer. Okay, so let's just all start on that foundation. And if you've got that dialed in, great. Then what you do is you radiate you radiate that pride, you radiate that enthusiasm, that's truth, by the way, that's truth in marketing, and then you just state the facts. And stating the facts means, I'm so excited to bring this to you. And stating the facts say, says, um, I've worked with 12 different clients this week, and this is what they said about this. And stating the facts is, you know, this is hand-picked, hand-grown, the best quality we could find in the world for this product. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And then you choose really smart people to help you get your word out. Like, you get the best photographer, 
And if you're not a great copywriter, you get the best copywriter. And you better have a social media ninja on your team because everybody, probably everybody you want to get to uh, speaks multimedia these days. And you have to be multimedia lingual. Thank you. Boy, I wrote nearly all of that down. So um, another question I have, that, that's a beautiful process, by the way. That is absolutely gorgeous. Thank you for that. Mm, and, um, and, and one of my questions is, how do you work with desires on a daily basis? Well, to be clear, what I'm focused on is my core desired feelings. So every day, literally, I have a day planner. <laughs> that I just so happen to have designed, um, where I write, <laughs> I write down my core desired feelings. So I see them every day. I want to feel radiant. I want to feel flexible. I want to feel energized, whatever it is. And then the question is what I'm going to do that day to feel that way. And then I have goals. I, I have goals that I set every year, every few months. And those goals are a reflection of those feelings. And then I'm just, I'm really clear, just, you know, using my strategic mind. Okay, what do I need to do this week, uh, this month to make that happen? Like, we got to get the book out by this date. Who's on board? So uh, that's what I do. What am I going to do this today to feel the way I want to feel? Hmm. Yeah. Very practical. It's pretty practical. It's esoterically practical. Yeah. <laughs> You've um, obviously, you're always out there speaking to, to business owners and people with massive dreams that want to make them a reality. Is there like a theme that's come up in the last year, like something just collectively that you've recognized or noticed in your audiences that you find that um, you want to talk about or, or I guess address? Yeah. Everybody wants to be an influencer overnight. Ah. Mm. Yeah, and it doesn't doesn't work that way. And this is exactly what I did not want to hear when I was in my 20s or 30s because I just wanted to just like pow, be there. And I don't see it working that way. It certainly doesn't work that way if you have substance and you want to stick around. Mm. So how about instead of, you know, influencer is just a new, sexy, socially acceptable way of saying I want to be popular. <laughs> And, um, and yes, for some people, it means you want to have an, an impact. Why don't you focus on having an impact and then stay the course and keep making a contribution over and over again, even when you're doubtful about it, and you will become an influencer. And when you become a so-called influencer, you're not interested in being an influencer. You're interested in how you can make even more of an impact. That's that's how it. That's my observation. Yeah, such a good one. Oh my gosh, what are some of the beautiful things that you witnessed by just the recent speaking gigs that you've been on? Oh God, you know, so much beauty. That's why I say it that way. So much. I was just thinking this morning. Um, I have my apples and my almond butter, and I was thinking about Australia, my tour in Australia, because somebody was just asking me about, and just. A, women everywhere, every city, 
women are fucking awesome. <laughs> and what I really noticed in the last tour was everybody wanted to know about love. <laughs> and it's so like abstract and hard to talk about. And what do you mean by love? And are you romantic love? Is this love for your ideas? And I think we just, it's the same questions wherever you go. We want to know about love. We want to know about connection. Half of everybody feels stuck. Half of everybody, its half of the stuck people are waiting for somebody else's permission to go after what they want. And I would say, you know, there's always a handful of crazy pants ladies that I meet. <laughs> um, but it's very small. I would say 97% of people are good. Like they really, 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 really want to be loving people. Mm. They are so true so truly truly kind and they want to have a good time yeah people are people are beautiful mm. you know getting on stage gives me hope yeah how often do you speak well this year a lot sounds like <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah like this year will be I think I don't know we'll probably do 16 plus cities and I took a year off of speaking. So it depends. I only go where there's resonance. I get asked to speak at a lot of corporate things. I'm just like, I am so not, <laughs> I am so not your cup of tea. And I really prefer to speak to the choir. I think there's so much more power in going where there's resonance because so many of us, who relate to each other, who are in this, let's say, holistic personal development space, you know, we need support, <laughs> right? Like we need encouragement as a light worker. Mm -hmm. And I think more, more specifically than encouragement, we really need truth in this space because there's a lot of, there's a lot of glamour around self-help and so many people making, trying to make things Trying to make personal growth look so easy oh. and so five steps to oh. enlightenment. Oh. And I'm here to say it's not easy. This is what it looks like, and it's worth it. And, by the way, please, please do this. We must. We must do this together. Hmm. Oh, you... <laughs> You are yeah, so ringing my you are so <laughs> ringing my bells right now. I know. Yeah, that's it's my big pet thing. Um, is at the moment this you know the word on you know like you were talking about influencer, you know everyone wants to be an entrepreneur now, and there's people selling all of these programs and processes of you know entrepreneur in three easy steps, and the truth of it is if you have substance, it is not easy. You know, it is not you're going to wake up with the perfect babe, car, yacht, boat, you know, house right next to you sort of overnight. It's not, it's just not like that. It's so, mm -hmm. I find that so irritating, mm -hmm. you know, that, yeah, whole, that whole story that's being generated. And the same thing with, <clears throat> pardon me, personal growth and spiritual development. You know, there's hard yards in there. There's hard it's yards. Not, and, you know, I think you can have some success very quickly. Um, the big bucks and the car and all that stuff. It is happening really rapidly for some people. And you have to ask, like, okay, so you got rich quick. Doing what? 
Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'll just leave that at that. Mm. Yes. What What's your essential message? What do you feel, you know, what's the song in your heart that really wants to be sung? Uh, you guys are great. That's a great question. <laughs> uh, my essential message, what's most alive right now, is the message that you are your own guru. Mm. And from that, there's a few things that stem off of that, you know, like you are your own guru. You have to make the final call with everything. I, I want you, if you want to, <laughs> be reverent to spiritual masters and really honor the particular ones who are real and who, who are amongst us. And at the same time, um, really direct the course of your own life. And when you do that, you can't do that without feeling more connected to everybody. So I want you to love yourself as deeply as possible. And then I want you to get off your ass and love the world. So be, be engaged. The sort of the surface of that message before you drill down to you are your own guru is right now, I think that it's not about how we are searching for spiritual development to make ourselves better it's why and i think the answer to that why for some of a lot for some of us is that self-help has really become so much about self-criticism and so that's my that's my hot topic but it all gets down to you got to make the call and you have to be the light source want to know more about your business journey because I don't know much about it. So were you always your own boss or did you work for somebody first and then transition out of that? I was born bossy, but I wasn't always my own boss. <laughs> oh my God. Um, okay, she said it. <laughs> yeah. My nursery school report card actually said, Danielle is very bossy. She likes to mother the other children. And my mom read that to me and I uh, and I said to her, Oh, is that I asked I said, Is that a compliment? because <laughs> um, I thought it was great. I was smiling as she was saying that, but I don't think it was. Um, oh, I had jobs for sure. I had jobs. I worked for a long time. Well, long time when you're 20, like three, four years <laughs> with uh, the Body Shop Canada. Oh. And that was a really great experience for me. And I started pumping peppermint foot cream in the stores, you know, just retail level. And, and then by the end of my time there, I was at head office running something that they call the Department of Social Inventions. And so, you know, we were going to, we were setting up programs to send um, staff, like retail staff, to Romania to work in the orphanages. It was really a great gig. And then I was a publicist, just kind of fell into that, got some friends on radio shows and, and newspapers and and I, so I started like a little publicity agency and I just like hustled people. And then that led to me running a think tank because I got very well known for promoting futurists. Like you, oh. you promote one futurist and then another one calls you, another one calls you. And then I just kind of in that world. And, and that was 
so I was running a think tank in Washington, D.C. And then that, I just fled the United States <laughs> when George W. Bush got in. And <laughs> our funding was really tied to uh, the dot-com boom, and that was bombing. So I came back to Canada, and I was going to run, um, I was going to go to art school. I got, I got rejected from art school. I still have that letter. Wow. And, <laughs> wow. Yeah. And then, uh, then I was really out on my own. And I joined forces with a friend. We started this, um, I guess the best way to describe it is this kind of soulful branding company where we, we brought you through this little Q&A process that was really great. And you came up with something at the end called your style statement. It was really meaningful. And I wrote a book called Style Statement. Oh. Got a big book deal. And then Oprah called. Oprah was going to have us on the show. We didn't get on the show, but... I used that happening to go raise a bunch of money. Mm. And then I got fired from my own company. I got really? Steve jobbed. Oh. Yeah. Wow. yeah. And I owed a bunch of money and there was a bunch of betrayal. It was awful, awful, mm. awful. I like the company, the incorporation owned my identity. They owned my Twitter handle and my Facebook identity, all that. I had to like surreptitiously get all of my social media handles back to my own email Ugh. and and that's really when it started so I didn't know I left with a Blackberry which tells you when it was mm -hmm. and an office chair which they wanted back and <laughs> I thought well I can help women start businesses and really learn how to rock it online so I started doing something I called fire starter sessions and I was very clear These are one-on-one -on -one strategy sessions. I'm not a coach mm -hmm. because I wasn't a coach. I wasn't a trained coach, but I just like had a lot of opinions and some really, you know, <laughs> useful expertise. And I started, I think, yeah, I started at $300 an hour for these sessions. And not long after I was a thousand dollars a session, I had a six month waiting list And I went and did a bunch of cities where anybody would have me. Just invite me to your city and I will pay my airfare and my own hotel and just get a bunch of chicks in your living room and, and charge them a hundred bucks and I'll talk for like four to five hours on business and I'll work with them individually. Like I just bled <laughs> and just gave as much as I could. And at the end of all of that, I had a book called The Firestarter Sessions. And... That's like, that's the big, that set the stage for more thinking and more gigging and more products and... How long ago was that? really moving this. With the Firestarter um, book. Oh, well, I got canned in, I don't know, this is about an eight-year cycle from being canned to now. Yeah, overnight success. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I wanted to wanted to hear the overnight uh -huh. success story of Danielle. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the jump cut, you go from, I started, after I got fired, I started my new website feeling incredibly liberated and turned on by, like, the future. But I had 60 subscribers. 60. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, now... I mean, apparently millions of people come to my site a month. I still have a hard time believing that, but wow. that's how it's worked out. Yeah. Wow. 
Well, I could sit here all day talking to you, and I know I'd love that experience. <laughs> but um, sadly, I know you've got to race off and do other things. And um, so, but before we go, I'd love to hear a bit more about your upcoming book. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's hot. It's called White Hot Truth. Yeah. The subtitle is Clarity for Keeping It Real on Your Spiritual Path from One Seeker to Another. That would be from me to you. And it really is all about you being your own guru. And it's 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 a how-to, or <laughs> how-to isn't the right word. Uh, this is the first time I'm saying this. It is a, um, it's a motivational, it's an inspirational piece on discernment is what, <laughs> is what it is. Yeah, it's about discernment, and and it all comes back around to devotion. So I think we should question everything we're doing, yoga and clean eating and meditation and the workshops and the and the therapy and the crystals and the mudras and the mantras and all of it, all of it, all of it. We should question all of it mm-hmm. and really get clear on why we're doing it. And I'm a real fan of a prodigal relationship <laughs> to spiritual practice. Leave it if you have to. Leave it if it isn't lighting you up. Leave it if it if you are doing it to impress mm. God or anybody else or the cosmic council. If you don't relate to a God figurehead, and then just 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 like stop, stop with the spiritual striving, and then figure out what your practice is going to be. So I'm not saying don't practice. We must practice. We must have devotion at the center of our beings. I think so. That's my belief. But you got to do it in a way that works for you for the right reasons. So I've come back to all those things. You know, I left meditation and clean eating, vegetarianism and yoga, all of that. And now I'm now I'm one of those annoying, you know, new age people again, <laughs> but I'm doing it um, really just out of much more joy, much more liberation. And uh, yeah, it's time it's time for us to do it on our own own terms and make a difference doing it. Wow. So what a wonderful place to um, that's a very gentle landing. Yeah. So uh, Danielle, I just really want to acknowledge you for the stand that you've taken and that you continue to stand in and that as many, many of us are blessed by what it is that you do and your willingness to speak um, and that the place that you come from is so raw and real and coherent. And I want to thank you for all the work you've done and continue to do on yourself. It's a great gift to us um, and to all of the people listening. So uh, Mm. thank you so much for Mm. uh, sharing this time with us today. Tremendously grateful. Mm, and if there's one place that somebody could go right now to hang out with you more, where would that be? Well, my team would tell me to send everybody to my website, um, daniellelaporte.com. But the center of my universe is Instagram. I love that space. So if you really want to know what I'm up to, and if you want your truth bombs of the day, they're all there. And then go to my site, and there's a lot of cool stuff there. Yeah, beautiful. I'm ev- I'm everywhere. 
You are. It's good. People need more of what you're saying. So thank you for sharing your truth as well in this last hour with us. Thank you, Heather. Thank you, Julian. Thanks, so Thanks Danielle. Really, really appreciate it. Wow. Wow. Gee. There's a, re- there's a, there's a lot to uh, rumble with in that little chat. So, uh, so Shinepreneurs, just over the next 24 hours, just let, you know, like a beautiful wine or a lovely meal, just stay with the flavours and tastes that were in that conversation for you. And I'm mixing my metaphors there. But And then really allow something to distill. There's something here that would have been really touched by what you've heard. Uh, and just pick one or two things um, out of the conversation to really dwell on and then create some action to move yourself forward. So become inspired, connect to some ideas, go into action and see how that impacts your results following this podcast. Absolutely. And guys, make sure you grab her new book as well. It sounds amazing. So grab that. And one little takeaway I loved from this was her sort of 10-year overnight success story that she shared with us. I loved her her openness about that because I think so many of us forget that it takes time and fight and blood and sweat and tears to become something that we're proud of. And then that journey never ends. You know, if you're a crusader, if you're a pioneer, like I know so many of you guys are, that journey is always going to continue and you're going to have those bumps. So, you know, don't beat yourselves up too much. Listen to her beautiful story about how she had to fight hard to get to where she is and she continues to do so. So Shinepreneurs, we want you to join our community. We have the most amazing community and um, you can actually find out more on the website shineglobal.com.au. There's a little menu up there that either says memberships or join. Go ahead and click on that. And join us. Become a Shinepreneur. You're going to get not only these podcasts and updates on that, but so many other cool things. We do calls. We do live um, live hot seat calls, live learning calls, implementation calls. We have a really cool community. Um, lots of great resources for you to stay shiny, as Julian would say. <laughs> 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 so thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. Oh, yeah. By the way, if you're listening to us on iTunes, please leave us a review. That helps us get the word out about this podcast and other people to find it. And um, let us know what you thought as well. Pop over to shineglobal.com.au and we have a little comment area there in our our show notes. And uh, let us know what you thought of this episode and um, who else maybe we can interview for you. All right. Hmm. So that's it from me. Over to you, Julian, for one big last hurrah goodbye. Okay. So this is the last big hurrah goodbye. See you all really, really soon. And uh, so nice to connect with you. Thank you very much for being here.